0: The following podcast
1: is recorded and produced by Emerge, a media creators co op. In affiliation with the network at bicbp radio.com. Welcome to the Double Fist Punch Podcast. I'm uh, Rick, and this is my co-host, uh, Rich. Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired.
0: <laughs> you got a new job, so you work at different shifts now.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, this would normally be my bedtime. So. <laughs> it's the end of the day you
0: chose, and this is the beginning of my day. So, so well, welcome back. See, you, you get you're sitting in the command chair today. We we. Uh, Julian got demoted
1: yes, he get promoted
0: to the USS Connecticut he's gone for five mm-hmm. weeks so
1: yep yep he's uh temporarily com- commanding the defiant while everybody else is somewhere else I don't don't you? know where they would be at this time but so um, yeah we
0: we missed we were, were a little bit we haven't been, been able to get together for a couple of weeks so here we are um, so we're back so what do we have this week
1: this week we have the we're starting with the balance of terror hold on this actually i think i have to face it this way we have the balance of terror
0: with uh kirk and sulu in um uh, printed wrong i think it's like a mirror image i think it's printed backwards if i remember correctly isn't like the logo on the wrong side of the chest is that the one or am i thinking of a different one i think that one's printed backward for someone i always laugh about
1: that yeah let's just check it out.
0: Yeah, if you look like it's like it's on the wrong side. It's like they <laughs> printed it backward. Like like this should like like uh, uh Scotty should have been over here, mm. but whatever. That's not that important. But <laughs> someone in the in the graphic design department didn't realize like where the logos were, you
1: know. So I guess I'll just start with the uh our uh, blurb here. Federation outposts destroyed by Romulans. It's a game of cat and mouse for Kirk and the Romulan commander, Mark Leonard, otherwise known as Sirach, but that's not for a while, whose cloaking device renders his ship invisible and very deadly. How long can Kirk protect the Enterprise from this unseen enemy? This is our first look at the Romulans, and we'll learn why they mysteriously resemble the Vulcans. Mark Leonard is the only performer to have portrayed a Romulan, a Vulcan, Journey Babel, the... Episode I just referenced. Yep. And a Klingon, Star Trek The Motion Picture.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. He's the Klingon in the first movie that. He's the first person we hear speak Klingonese, too. Yeah. They wrote the language for. The, the Klingon language was developed for Star Trek 1. It was continued and developed more for Star Trek 3, but um, they had decided they wanted a Klingon language, and then they decided to use Mark Leonard as the captain that's destroyed by Voyager, Voyager 6, which we don't have.
1: Yeah, in so, the in uh, the first movie, in the main series,
0: and the makeup—that's the first time we get the fancy schmancy Klingon right. makeup too. And actually, back then people liked it; we liked that it—not <laughs> like the newer Discovery makeup that the Klingons came up. They came up with the Klingons that didn't look good at all, I mean, but people really liked. I remember when Star Trek uh, 1, the motion picture came out that people really liked the fact that we had like Klingons that looked Klingon. They didn't look like just regular humans. They weren't just like grease paint and human mustaches <laughs> and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I mean they had the like they still had their faces uncovered mostly, so they were able right. to emote and stuff like that. The problem with um, Discovery Klingons, it they actually kind of walked it back a little bit. Later they just on. kind of pretended that didn't <laughs> happen. I feel like
0: they just said like, yeah, nobody likes this, So now, well, because obviously the concern was when they did Picard season three and they brought Worf in, they couldn't use that style of makeup. They had to use um, and they actually went back to the original processes. It wasn't the same people, but it was the same, like, templates and everything. And they kind of brought back the cool Klingon makeup, which everybody really likes. So,
1: Could you imagine uh, if they brought back um, Worf and, and he, he looked had, like that? He he like had that. red skin
0: or purple skin. Or, and I was just, <laughs> yeah, he was bald. bald. You know, like, <laughs> like, There's things you can change, but there's just kind of stupid stuff. And that's the funny thing about this episode that we're going to discuss is because the canon that they create is that no human or nobody from the federation has ever seen a romulan
1: yeah they they really kind of just said and
0: then we're stuck with yeah. this now this probably <laughs> like as in the bible for star trek this is the most obnoxious one right like
1: oh yeah they 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 set a lot of the groundwork for the later series in this episode right. specifically like the fact that they're they used to be vulcans like right. the the great schism i think is right. kind of finds its roots here
0: and that becomes a big thing. That becomes a big thing. Obviously, in Next Generation. It becomes a big thing in Star Trek VI. The or no. The last Next Generation movie was that Ten, um, Nemesis, um, even Picard, um, and then even in Discovery, because um, there's uni- the two episodes of Next Generation Unification where Leonard Nimoy plays Spock in you know Off into the Future. They actually, if you remember that, like I don't know if you've watched Discovery, that had Unification episode uh, part three. Did you you notice that? Do you know that they did that? So on The Next Generation, Leonard Nimoy is in a two-parter with Captain Picard where he's trying to fight for unification between um, Vulcan and Romulus. And then what they do in Discovery Season 4 or whatever it is, they do unification. They call it Unification Part 3. So it's like that eventually um, unification between Romulan and Vulcan does happen in the future. So
1: I would hope that eventually happens, especially after the destruction <clears> of Romulus.
0: I think that's kind of like, if I remember the episode where they kind of, uh, they discussed that. So, I love Balance of Terror. I think it's really um, a very, I really like this episode. I like the concept, I like the submarine, uh, like, oh yeah. you know, aspect, that, like that, you know. There are some things that don't work, but there's, <laughs> but, um. But uh, but let's get through it. Let's go, we can kind of get started. So
1: yeah, I mean, uh, like we start with um, we start with the crew. They're they're having a wedding, which is actually yeah. kind of an easy part to forget because yep. it's just kind of the B plot. Um, Ever
0: since the, you know, the ships of whatever of yore, and whatever he says, <laughs> he's like, this captains have had this this great opportunity or what a great chance to whatever. I like that scene. Um, you know. wonder if
1: because they, they bring that back in other series as well. I wonder yeah. if that's like is like an actual naval thing or if Gene Ronberry I, just kind of I, I
0: believe it that. is, like I believe that because um, 'cause I've seen it in other media. I've seen it in other things for the captain like Pirates of the Caribbean, like uh Barbosa marries um Will and uh, uh Knightley. Uh, I can't think of her character. Elizabeth? Elizabeth. He marries them in the third movie while they're fighting like pirates. I uh, mean, you know, they're fighting, uh, they're fighting um, like evil creatures, whatever, the, the dead. From Davy Jones's yeah. locker, so like he's marrying them while they're sword fighting. So which is I love, I do <laughs> love, I Pirates of the Caribbean are ridiculous movies, but I love those. I love, but yes, definitely. Uh, according to Barbosa and Captain Kirk, they, I don't know if it's legal, but apparently it is. So I guess it makes sense because who else is going to do it? You don't have a priest floating around necessarily on a on a ship.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, I get. Yeah. I mean, hey,
0: if you can get certified online nowadays to be to do a wedding, why can't a guy who's actually the captain of a ship have that extra privilege? Uh,
1: I mean, honestly, I would prefer that over the over the a internet. priest. To be honest, like, <laughs> could you imagine if you got the captain of the actual Enterprise to wed you? Right. Yeah. I mean, but, I, yeah. Like,
0: I'd rather I'd rather have William Shatner. I mean, not William Shatner, but like Captain Kirk uh, perform my ceremony than. Um, you know some miscellaneous priest or maybe deity or whatever guy that I don't know. You know
1: I mean they're they are recite. although my,
0: my friend from high school does weddings. She <laughs> she's a certified wedding person and she does them of the weekends. So she's she's she does a nice job.
1: She's gotta make sure she gets uh promoted to be captain of the enterprise yeah. which is being rebuilt as we speak. So, so yeah like
0: since we're going off on a crazy tangent here like <laughs> when they used to have uh, the Star Trek – and I wonder if they do this up in taekwondo Whatever it's called up in New York, where they have the Icon real sets, World, yeah. but um, where we're talking about doing a uh, doing a a trip there um, but um, I, when they had the Star Trek experience at the Las Vegas Hilton, there was a there was a like a walkthrough kind of simulator ride thing where you where you went through and you actually went onto the bridge of the Enterprise D. And I know that they, you could get married on the bridge of the Enterprise-D. Like, they, that was a thing you could actually... You could get married. So there was... I remember seeing, like, tons of people, um, you know, pictures and stuff. Even online now, like, people will post on different Star Trek fan pages that when they had the Star Trek experience, which was back in the 90s or whatever it was, um, that you could... Um, you could, you, there are people, they dress up in there. A lot of them would dress up like Wharf and uh, Judzia. Like they'd get like <laughs> similar dresses like that. And um, they would get married on the bridge of the Enterprise D, which I thought would be kind of. I mean, hey, if you're going to get married, you might as well get married someplace that's mad, you know, like. I mean, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're not religious, and get married where you want instead of the city hall or whatever. So, 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 so. anyway. This wedding doesn't go as well, it no. gets interrupted.
1: Well, yeah. They, they never actually get married. Um, no, they don't. Never. Yeah, I and mean, Kirk
0: doesn't swoop in and pick her up or nothing, like you know, like take his move.
1: That that would have been that would have been very. Uh, <laughs> so, what are you I doing Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> she she actually appears again in the episode. The next episode we cover, um, but uh, so this episode reminded me heavily of um, Hunt for Red October. Sure, this just the way it all. Yeah. Right. like I like the technology that's at play here because, like, I, I kind of like the way that Cloak is um, portrayed in this. Like, it, they, they've established in previous episodes that uh, <coughs> the, the phaser crews need to see what they're shooting at. Right. At least I believe that's been established. So the ship can detect the cloaked vessel. It's basically emitting, essentially, sonar. Right. right, because it's it, the Enterprise in this situation is a destroyer, and the Romulans are acting as a submarine. Sure. It even goes as far as, you know, the Enterprise is using depth charges, and the right. Romulans have a you know big ass. Torpedo. Oh, I never thought of it that way. That yeah. they're
0: kind of firing off. They they are firing off phasers just to kind of see if they can, you know, just to kind of uh, kind of shake them and kind of get a sense of where they are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, never thought of that.
1: I mean, that's how they destroy them with uh, those those depth, <coughs> depth charges that right. they're firing off, and like you know, the fact that the the um, let me just make sh- one second. The fact that, sorry, that's I, all right. The levels were weird. Um, the fact that the the Romulans have this this thing that fires this incredibly powerful right plasma ball it, it's very torpedo coated like right
0: I, I i think what's cool about this episode is that stuff too i agree that like um like because it's you know people like I've, I've seen stuff over the years online about this like one where well i don't understand the continuity again they even say it in the episode this was a prototype ship mm. they never planned for this ship to go back this ship is designed to test if the Federation has gotten any better since the Romulan Federation war from whenever hundred and something years ago. Apparently and, um, have. what was that? Apparently they have. And, and so they were trying to decide if invasion would be plausible, if they could take them on now, because obviously that's what the Romulan Empire wanted to do. Um, and so they really put all their – and this weapon that they have is almost an inefficient weapon. And that's why we never see this weapon again. Like, we don't – they don't have it on the ship the next time we fight the Rivals because it's an impractical weapon. It, it, For whatever reason, it takes too much of the ship's energy. It's almost like a Death Star type of thing. Like, they probably have to channel so much of the ship's power into firing this – putting everything into this energy that it just – it exhausts their fuel reserves and stuff. So – they, they don't ever return to it. And the cloak is pretty cool because this is... It's kind of funny. Like, I'm not oh. sure in sci-fi um, if we've seen a cloaking device before this.
1: I can't think of any, like...
0: So, I mean, it's funny because Star Wars just calls it a cloaking device. They didn't come up with a new name for it. They literally just use the Star Trek terminology cloaking device.
1: It, it's actually interesting how they're like... Like, Star. Well, we're, I'm not gonna get too far into Star Wars, but Star Wars is very quickly just goes like, "Oh, that ship's way too small for a cloaking device." Right. I I wonder if that was even just a just a direct reference, like it, I mean, rather than trying to ape it, they're just like, "Yeah, we're right. just gonna reference Star Trek." Right. Well, even
0: like there's terminology things like stun, like stun. Oh. I don't think stun was a. I guess stun gun is the thing we have now, but I think the term. I don't know where the term stun came from. Like you know, I guess you're stunned. But like the setting of stun on a phaser is from Star Trek, and then they even like in you know in episode four, like you know set your set your weapons to stun, and they stun Princess Leia. Like, and I remember thinking about that many many years ago. I'm like, they just called it stun. Like they're like, well, you know, they apparently Star Trek's canon in the Star Wars universe, and they've already watched it, so they do, I just call it stun. But this there is cool stuff. Like the weapon is cool. I like that they 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 came up with a cool looking like alien bridge. Um, I like the costuming of the Romulans. I think they didn't like they they spent a few bucks on the costumes for this thing. Um, you know, I, I like it. I like I like the that it's that's very submarine. The bridge of the Romulan ship seems very submariney. You
1: yeah, know? I I really like how like like this kind of like gets lost a little bit in like later Star Trek. Which, you know, for better or for worse, all of the alien species, this is, I think this is the first, like, hostile, like, great power of the Alpha Quadrant that we are actually introduced to in the show because this is before the Klingons. This that's
0: is right. We it. haven't met the, wow, that's a really, really good point. Wow, I never thought of that. Wow, that's just, again, that's one of the reasons I like doing this because <laughs> I've just always thought about the Klingons and I guess we have not seen, the, we haven't even heard the term Klingons yet. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, like, we, we haven't even met them. We, um, This is even before the Gorn, so, yeah. like, this is the first.
0: And the Gorns are a one-off. Like, we don't see the Gorns or the Orion. Like, we know about the Orions, but, like, we don't really get the Orions. It's just, like, they're more like, <clears throat> they're just kind of pirates. Yeah. So, the only real bad guys, like, we haven't had, like, a true, like, a true, like, you're right. That's, like, the Romulans are the first true big bad out there that we, that return. That yeah. we don't get a one-off yeah. of,
1: yeah, a, a big bad that's also like too close technologically to right. the Federation, you know, rather than just being some omnipotent entity or, right. you know, energy field or whatever. Um, the the fact that, and what I really like, oh wait, I was about to say the the thing that I like about the alien species that are introduced. In terms of the level of the Romulans and the Kleon and the right. Gorn, is they their culture is different, but they still behave like people, you know, like sure. like they, you know, in strange the Romulans things, particular. Maybe right. the
0: Gorn's not as much, but I agree. With you, I know what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, I mean even the Gorn, like when we're, <coughs> when, we're when we when we first meet them, and Kurt right. has his whole fight with them he's the gorn says you invaded our space right so like you know there's right. like this oh that's a good point right like, yeah there, there's a justification like i think in strange new worlds they they you know i, I like strange new worlds but they they kind of go overboard with it like the gorn are just just demonic things in yeah the like the story.
0: gorns aren't like yeah i would agree with that i think that the gorn stuff it's almost like they wanted an alien like alien you know sigourney weaver alien type bad guy um that's they were trying to find then they used the gorn and and the Gorn jump and we see gorn once at enterprise as well and um no but i mean i i agree i think like the romulans we, we we develop a culture they're a warrior race um they um they have a lot of honor um there's a lot of internal politics like th- there are so much canon in this one episode, which lays out everything about the Romulans forever. Like, like that. Oh, he's got friends in powerful places. Like that. There's like corruption in the Romulan empire. They even mention that the, that there's like, it's funny because they even mention that there's Romulan and Rom there's the, there's the moon too. And that all comes back in, in nemesis. Like, um, you know, the Remen, the Remy or whatever. There's like two races of Romulans, Remans. the Remens or whatever, like, which is obviously from,
1: um, yeah, Romulus and Remus,
0: which is from you know Greek mythology yeah. or whatever is that Greek? I don't know which uh, mythology. Probably it is. Roman mythology. It, it, Roman mythology. So like it's definitely like
1: they're definitely a Roman coded oh, uh, alien sure. race. Yeah, because yeah, they got the Senate and they centurion. got you know, like centurion <laughs> and all
0: that. It was just fine. I mean, yeah, you know, that's fine. Um, you know, um, the, I I do I like the the little bit of um, prejudice that we get. Um, concept in this episode with the, the the helmsman, the guy where Chekhov usually would be sitting in the future.
1: Yeah, he's he's got kind of like a, a generational quarrel with it. Wasn't that like? Not, it's like
0: it, if you if your family had lost uh, a relative to the, in the service, and they had fought, I don't know, in the Spanish American War, let's yeah. say, or or maybe I guess we could go back as far. We're getting close to the point where we could use um, World, World War Two. You know, would... like they, you, you're anti, you don't like Japanese people because your father, your great grandfather died at Pearl Harbor. Mm. I, I think that you could see, especially like in the case of the sneak attack concept, um, you know, I think this character has, you know, and he served because his whole family has served because he says that, like, it's a generational thing. And I love the line that he, the guy goes and he gives his information and Kirk says to him. Their war, not yours. Like he, no. he shuts them down right away. Like we're not, no, we're not doing that here. Like, and again, that's one of the reasons why Captain Kirk's such a great character, and it's written so well. Because even when they go to the briefing room, and they, they after they kind of have that first interaction, and um, you know, that's you know that. Well, I guess I'm jumping ahead because I do like when they, when Spock is able to lock onto the bridge somehow. <clears throat> And we see the Romulans (laughs) and everybody's like, holy fuck, like, like he looks like he's a Romulan and like clearly like, you know, it's early in the series and we know that the Vulcans are a big part of the Federation, but, but it's almost like it, it almost doesn't make any sense nowadays when you think about that, like prejudice you know, yeah, it, you know,
1: it, it's still at the point where it feels like kind of like an officer exchange program, almost like yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. Point, I would like, yeah, like right the star the star services right. it's called at this time really feels like it's more just humans and then they're, they're, they're yeah. Occasionally... We don't
0: really get into the lore that Spock chose the um, the Federation over Vulcan, the Vulcan Science Academy until Journey of Babel. Babel, like we don't really get that that Vulcan is a big player in the universe until we get to the journey of Babel. Like we don't really, right. I don't think yeah. we really get the sense of, they don't start universe building in terms of the the planets, the Telogians, and the, the, the Tellarites and everything else that we're going to get um, until, real andorians like until we get to that episode and that's another episode i can't wait to cover because of the amount of lore that we get out of certain episodes because we get okay. to see that the start that the federation is a little bit bigger like we're still very cowboy diplomacy so yeah. to speak right now <laughs> um really you know just the humans at yeah, this point still. right it's yeah like you know member like they, i love that line from star trek six like Uh, that the Federation is a, you know, Homo sapiens only club, you know, like there's like kind of, there's a line with that in the prejudice of episode of Star Trek six. And she goes, uh, goes, you know, present company excluded. I I like that there is that. And I think that's a a big, huge uh, change that they went for when they did next generation to make the ship very diverse. Not everybody's from earth, you know, like we have a lot of, you know, alien characters, and obviously Deep Space Nine and Voyager, oh, yeah. you know, like Deep Space Nine goes really over the top with that.
1: Yeah, Deep Space Nine, we we have a significant amount of like um non human Starfleet officers yeah. who are you I'd know, say the
0: cast is the human humanoids are in the minority on that episode on the cast.
1: Yeah. Bashir, yeah. sheer yeah. Cisco
0: and, Tra- and, and Bash- Bashir, Biscoe, Bisco and uh, and, O'Brien. and O'Brien are the only true humans. I mean, I don't count Jake because he's not in Starfleet. Yeah. But then you have you know you have Odo, you have um, Trill, you have um, Kira, and then obviously you know and I guess you could throw Cork into the mix because Worf. you know Worf Is comes there? later. Um, you know, but um, no, definitely. So I I like that. Um,
1: and all of this starts right yeah. at this episode. Like, There's yeah.
0: a lot of really cool yeah. things that start with this episode. And it's a really, it's done well, too. And I think, um, you know, seeing the ship and then, like, going as high warp speed as possible to try to outrun that weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a scary alien, too. Like, they, they attack the moon, the one outpost on whatever outpost it is. And the guy's, like, three miles underneath the thing, and it's solid iron. And it's still, like, they're done. Um, yeah, you know, um, it's 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 terrorizing that guy. You know, these you know these things on fire, and can you see it, Enterprise? And you know, Kirk's Kirk makes a really brave decision here, understanding that in Spock in the briefing room they have that whole conversation, and he's like, "We have to show a strength force of if we don't, they're going to be back in bigger numbers." Well,
1: that that was actually a really cool part of the episode to me because like that was um whatever his face is you know the the prejudiced one's idea he was like no we we have to we have to chase them if we show weakness they're going to be back and then spock is like yeah yes if, if they're
0: are- like my if they're an offshoot of my of the vulcans and i believe they are he says um then yeah like they're a war creature and they they're all in and we have to fight this and then <laughs> Um,
1: or we're going to war. Like or or, or
0: they'll be back in bigger numbers and we'll have a war in our hands. So what you do here is super important. And it's one of those things where Kirk has to be brave and just, like, not wait for orders, which he does quite often. And, and he does what he think is right. And that is that is a really why I like a lot of this episode. Because I like, again, this is a 1960s TV show. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of... Beginning of the Vietnam War. I should not the middle of the beginning. That's terrible. But we're at the beginning of a lot of we're getting out of Korea. You know, like the, it, we got we've got um, you know we got proxy wars all over the world with with you know Cold War stuff. And and I think that this is like you know and obviously like you know Roddenberry's experiences in World War II. You know, knowing about submarine stuff and and you know like and even just like Pearl Harbor. Like there's so much there that. In the '60s, which is still like very present in our in in he, American culture, um, I, I don't. know. I like this episode. A lot. The, here, there are some goofy things in this episode, like you know, like I like the scene where they're all being really quiet and they're not like doing anything, yeah. but somehow Spock like presses a button yeah, he and then and an it, alarm it, or something like, like that, and the guy's like, "It was it. It proved it. He <laughs> proved he's a Romulan. He's a spy." And it's like. Like nobody, how about the doors opening? Like the doors are <laughs> whoosh, whoosh. like like nobody was like right. That's pretty loud. <laughs> like um, is this, is this the episode where Janice Rand uses a phaser to make coffee? Is this is that this one? She's like, is that this sh- where she shows up on the bridge with coffee? She does
1: something. <laughs> yeah,
0: and like, these, like there's a phaser in sick bay, which is a funny thing. There's a whole like canon thing about why there are phasers in sick bay, mm-hmm. who which also come back in episode six. Like there's like. They go and they get phasers and they shoot at the thing. Like there's phasers hidden around the ship, so in case the ship's ever taken, I suppose.
1: Uh, we but um,
0: but like she she makes hot coffee with a phaser.
1: <laughs> like I mean, uh, we also get some like power scaling in this episode yeah. as well. Because um, how far would you say a hundred meters is?
0: Uh, it's a football field.
1: Yeah. They they were that <laughs> far away from a nuclear explosion that shields went off are next good, to their ship. <laughs> I do like
0: that that concept that the Romulan commander like throws his best friend's yeah. body into the thing. Um, the this ship is not a durable ship. Like their shields stink, no, no. Um, which again because they don't plan to go home, right. and it cool. is very like it is like Hunt for Red October. In the sense, like. It's um,
1: meant to be hidden. It's not meant to directly take fire. Right. The Enterprise is definitely a much more powerful ship. than. Well, the
0: Romulans probably came, like, whatever happened to, like, you know, that guy. And they're, like, kind of know that it didn't go well. (laughs) Yeah, he he, he died. (laughs) Yeah, like, they didn't come back. So, maybe we're not going to go crazy here with the Federation. Maybe they're a little bit more prepared than we are. I, the, the hypocrisy what drives me crazy is the Star Trek is is the Federation is always so afraid to go into the neutral zone and the Romans go into the neutral zone all the fucking time it drives me crazy I'm like but they were in the run. like I'm like it's like it's like like watching a football game I'm like but they went off sides they were off sides first like
1: the the yeah uh, the Federation def this is the start of the Federation's track record of just letting the Romulans get away with yeah, whatever. they'll
0: take they'll take hundred meters and put a nuclear weapon in a, yeah. <laughs> in a metal casing off the like I love that they just happen to have a couple of old nuclear style weapons carrying around on the thing. So a couple of funny things about this episode which I think are kind of covered that are fun to think about. Um, so the Romulan War took place and they, they the, the treaty was done by sub communications so there was no visual um, there was no visual stuff which is a weird canon-y thing that kind of gets confused like they didn't have they couldn't have picture too yeah that
1: caused problems later on <laughs> that caused, huh. that's another
0: one I was getting like oh my god like, uh, it, but, it, but Enterprise it, 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 writers but it's like. funny because if, if Star Trek Enterprise the Scott Bakula show would have gotten their next season they were doing the Romulan War and I think that would have really been a great, um, you know, great uh, a, a great season um, to have seen how the Romulan war and they, all the treaty and how they ended up, and, and obviously Captain Archer and that crew would have been uh, a big part of that. Um, and I, I think that would have been a lot of fun to, to see what a Romulan ship looked like in that time frame. And um, I think that would have been fun. Um, I assume you have not gotten in far enough into strange new worlds yet where they do this so we can't talk about it but um they do a great star trek what if captain pike was captain of the enterprise in
1: this episode what oh Oh, yes captain pike doesn't so so star
0: trek you know obviously star wars marvel does what if on on disney plus And, um, actually on seven, one, six attack Legion tonight, I think we're doing a what if for star Wars, everybody's supposed to pitch ideas. If they did a star Wars, what if, like what if Luke Skywalker or whatever, um, but star Trek does a, what if, what if, um, for whatever reason, um, captain Pike is captain of the enterprise during the balance of terror episode, what would, what would, um, what would that be like? And, um.
1: He might not have chased him.
0: And that's the the premise of the episode. And obviously the crew's a little bit different. But if when you watch that episode, they do a tremendous job of doing a, that what if, the, the implications of the universe, and also just kind of um, um, th- how they kind of rearrange some of the characters. But what's great about the episode, they use a lot of the same dialogue. Like a lot of the dialogue the stuff that like Spock says, for example, is literally lifted directly from this episode. Like it's word for word, the same script. Um, the conversation that Captain Pike has with the guy on the one station is literally word for word, like from this episode. Like what the guy says, like we're three miles underneath in an iron court. Like it's literally like they knocked our she- Like it's literally they, because why would that change? Like why would in a time uh, you know, what if time frame, that guy would be saying the exact same stuff that he said to Captain Kirk. The and, and the Romulans would be attacking the exact same way. And it really doesn't change until, um, uh, until Pike makes his administrative decisions mm-hmm. versus what Kirk would have done. And it, it really is, a, I just, I mean, again, I think it's, I think down the road when people are looking back on episodes of Star Trek, um, I think that'll be top 10. I think when you watch that episode, you'll love it. Especially yeah. because it's such a it's such a uh, comparison to this episode. Yeah.
1: Um. So back to this episode for a moment. The 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 fact that that um, the, like I like the way that the sensors worked in this episode because like, the fact that like. So first of all, the cloak disrupts the Romulan sensors, or at least we're led to assume that. Yeah, they
0: can't. They can't. There, there. It makes it. They can't see. Their sensors are are aren't super efficient when the cloak is up.
1: Yeah. So like the Kirk, I don't. He he does does this on purpose. I think he he stays like very much parallel to them in right. such a way that they appear to be some kind of an echo in the Romulan sensors. Right. Which. Uh, then leads them to, you know, the Romulans to fly into the com- That that was a cool like bit yeah. because like they're like, "All right, so how how do we get them?" Well, let's let's kind of I think they the Romulans were just kind of naturally heading in that direction maybe. I don't think the Enterprise forced <clears throat> them in that direction. No, they didn't because
0: but- they're not even sure the Enterprise is there initially. Because remember when at that point they kind of sense, I mean the Romulan commander is pretty sure that he's being followed. He's a smart enough commander and he's experienced enough. And so I think he purposely, when he sees the comet, like he's like, all right, I'm going to get these guys. I'm going to trick them and see if it's a shadow or if it's them because they're going to try to get me. They'll, because if I was a commander, I would do the same thing. And I like that that you have this, like, you know, this, these two guys, everybody else is playing checkers and these two guys are playing chess. Um, I like that a lot, and and like Kirk acknowledges that he's up against the guy that knows what he's doing too. Like it's not just a ship that knows what he's doing. The commander is a bright dude too, and Kirk admires him too because he's like, I would have done the same thing. He's like, I won't, I won't underestimate him again.
1: Yeah, I think you know? that's that's how the the Romulan actually almost got Kirk was like he, he <coughs> sensed that right. there was a trap happening because right. he they go into the comet and they're like, right the 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 the. The Echo no longer follows us. And he's like, right. turn the ship around. And right. like they, they right. turn around, uncloak, fire their thing at the Enterprise, and that's how they all, all, almost get the Enterprise the first time. And then the
0: Enterprise learns from that point on, too, like how far they have to stay away from that ship mm. so that if they have to use their emergency warp to get away so the guy can't fire at them, And, but they keep just throwing in like, you know, whatever phaser blasts that are just disrupting the ship and large chunks of styrofoam fall from the ceiling. And, uh, (laughs) you know, like, like, dude, it's just styrofoam. You're fine. Get it. Walk it off. No, no, no. It's metal. Like, okay. But it looks like styrofoam. I'm sorry. It looks like a big chunk of styrofoam. But, um, a a, a
1: casualty of the more advanced visual technology, I think. I do like
0: the the helmets the Vulcans wear, Uh, which is— The Romulans? The Romulans (laughs) have those cool helmets that kind of cover the ears so they didn't have to do ears for everybody. Because ears, I guess, were really like a pain in the ass to do. So they didn't want to do more than they had to. Mm. So that's why most of the time when you see Romulans you know, and Vulcans, you won't see more than just a couple set of ears.
1: (laughs) They they look like old-school football helmets. (laughs)
0: Like— I was thinking no, of uh, cool. Rick and Morty and the, the one Birdman guy.
1: Absolutely. He has You're the same helmet that <laughs> the Romulans wear. still totally
0: influenced by He's got the Romulan. It's like a Romulan. Like, it's definitely like he's, you know, whatever. I can't think of the. Is it Birdman or is that what the guy's uh, name is? And he has that stoic, like Vulcan y yeah, like, voice think. anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Everything comes back to Rick and Morty. but. Um, <laughs> What else you got? I mean, this is a really good episode. I think um, this is a fun. This is a really serious, good episode. I, um, I wanted
1: to go over how Kirk actually beats him because okay. that you, you mentioned it earlier. It was like they drop off the nuclear bomb, the nuclear bomb, which was probably in all likelihood as powerful as like the Bomba or whatever. It goes off a hundred meters from the ship. They they get knocked out of commission, but. Not well, actually. they do
0: destroy it with phasers, I believe. I believe oh, yeah, they they, de- they were able to fire at it, which I think reason why they do survive a nuclear explosion is because whatever they did by by triggering it themselves, it sounds like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think the, the the yield would have been as that's. I mm-hmm. think technically we're supposed to assume that the yield wasn't as
1: big. Maybe maybe they just hit hit it with the exploding like, uh, because <clears throat> I think Ron. If it wasn't their own phasers that did the damage, I think Roddenberry <laughs> might have um, not understood fully how nuclear weapons work. I actually forgot that they shot at it. Right. Because if you sh- if you shoot a nuclear explo- explosive device, it won't go off. It'll just kind of right vaporize it. Like it, it's designed to work in a very specific way, or else it doesn't right. do anything.
0: But again, we don't know the technology of a yeah. Romulan nuclear
1: device. Like it could be built differently. Yeah. So or it they, could you know you know whatever they fired you know, at it was enough to trigger to the trigger part of the maybe critical, some like,
0: of maybe some of the matter exploded as opposed to. The, you know some of the plutonium or vulcan or whatever <laughs> whatever whatever unobtainium or yeah. whatever it is that they have in their nuclear weapons
1: yeah. they, they, they just put a singularity drive in there that's pretty um, there you go but um the,
0: the red the red matter from yeah. from star trek nine or whatever movie it is. What <laughs> is.
1: uh we going to the past now yeah um but um like they, they get knocked out of commission for a while, and the the Romulans don't exactly know what happened. So they're kind of, like, keeping their distance, which allows the Enterprise— Well, the commander
0: says, let's go home, and the other guy's like, no, you should finish the kill. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And that, you know, like, that's kind of a, the fatal mistake, so to speak, you know.
1: Yeah, like, they—yeah, they they— One way I I forget exactly what the reasoning is for them to stick around rather than to either run or to attack. Right. Um. But the fact that they did that was their doom because eventually, uh, the crew of the Enterprise fixes the ship. Right. But Kirk says, "Okay, we're gonna just gonna go ahead and sit here, though." Right. You know,
0: he wants to lure them back in because he senses that the commander will probably, um. I should just go finish the job. I should go finish the job, finish the mission. Um, And so he does, Kirk does the play dead several times in Star Trek. And, you know, like it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a trope or whatever, but it's smart. Like, it's a smart play. Like, you know, pretend you're more damaged than you are. Yeah. I mean, at this,
1: at this point, he's really counting on the, the, his opponent who he's, who he has, um, you know, been. You know they've been learning about each other this entire time. He's counting right. on his opponent rather than completing his mission, which would be to return to Romulan space and right. you know and so, report. Yeah, report. and I think
0: that's kind of why. Part of me is like why they want to get home is so he can report, and he also doesn't trust the commander because he says I don't trust that guy. Like I don't <laughs> trust him. And that other the Prater, whatever the other guy who's with them's like you know you have to do it, and he's like but I don't trust that commander. Like he's got, he's like, he's devil in my thoughts. He's reading my mind. <laughs> like there's a lot of cool stuff with that. And, um, you can see why they brought that actor back. Cause like, you know, Mark Leonard's really good and you know, let's just make him, let's make him Spock's dad too. Um, no, I mean, definitely there's definitely, um, there's definitely some cool, like, like, you know, again, chess being played here between the commanders and he lures him in. And then, um, <clears throat> And then, oh, and then there's the thing, then there's the, you know, the ironic twist that the one guy has to go down to the phaser lab because a bunch of the people were injured because um, of the radiation, uh, including, you know, the guy who was getting married and his wife. Yeah, they both worked in phaser control. Yeah, and then Spock it. just happens to be walking around with a clipboard, and he yeah. goes, <laughs> there is a funny moment where Spock hears over the PA. Well, I don't know why it's over the PA system. Fire fire phasers. Fire phasers, like and why fire. it's, like, over the, the intercom <laughs> in the hallway. You know, like, everybody and like, that it's in maintenance knows, what, you know, every guy down in, you know, like, in the bowling alley knows what's going on in the bridge. And, and Spock runs – but he has to go around the corner and the boots are bad. So he has to do this like little like goofy run when you're trying to run in, in, in like dress shoes. And he like, goes, run! he does like a little funny run. I like, like, come on, just edit out right before he gets to the corner. They like, it makes Spock look stupid. You make him look like, Whoa, our shoes, our boots aren't made for running man. And so they, uh they say so runs around the corner and then he goes in and, and you know, he goes in there and he saves the guy and the guy's like, you know, I hated you, but now you saved my life. So they had to do that. I mean, that was just kind of a story, like a B story, like wrap it up. And then the guy, and then the and the yep. And this is kind of weird like that the guy dies and not the bride. Yeah. I found that kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, you get the kind of reversal of expectations there, you know. Yeah. Just um, you know, well, your your husband. I I guess maybe it's not a reversal of expectations in in a way because like, you know, World War II, you know, you had all the guys going right. off, you know. A lot oh, of, I guess you're right. It kind of is the,
0: it is kind of that the guy doesn't come back from the mission versus the girl. Yeah. It would have been pretty brave to do it the other way around, probably yeah. in the 1960s, to kill the woman. It probably, the censors or somebody, the network probably would have been mad that she killed the woman versus the guy. Like, I can imagine that being a meeting, that someone didn't like that, that she killed the woman, the guy should die instead. Yeah. And I love the scene, because she's in the chapel, and that's how the show ends. Like, that's, I love the ending of this episode, by the way. Like, they go to... Like, you know, he's in sick bay with McCoy. And McCoy's like, well, how many died? He's like, well, the one guy and the guy. He was getting married. And he goes, the bride's in the chapel. And he goes to the chapel. And he's like, you have to know there was a reason. She's like, no, I'm all right. Like, which is, you know, kind of step up mm-hmm. her lip kind of thing. And he's... Kirk is really upset about this. Like, you can tell he's really upset. And I love the shot because he leaves the the root the chapel which is essentially just some room on the ship and he's walking down the hall and it's directed really well that he's just kind of walking and he's just kind of like and there's other guys in the hallway the others there's other crew there and then he and then he gets that strut back like he gets back to like all right back to work and he like he comes out and he's kind of emotional and then he gets back into being a I'm the captain, I have to show strength. And he, and he starts, and the music's really good in the background as he's like, you know, dramatically doing his walk through the hallway. And I always remember the ending of that episode. And you know, it's so I always find that emotional, emotional that, he, you know, he is the captain. He's incredibly sad that this guy died and this woman didn't get to marry her, her love. But he's got to be the captain and he's got to be Captain Kirk. And I love that. I just love that. That I love that ending. I think, that, again, that, you know, we, we pick on these shows, these old shows, but I, these shows were directed well. They they were envisioned well. They were written well, and they and they were acted well. Like you can pick on William Shatner's overacting at times, but there are he deserves credit for playing such an iconic character, and and in conjunction with the director knowing how to play that scene.
1: Yeah, he, like the there there were limitations imposed by technology on this show that, you know, if you look past them you see that there's a lot of eye for detail. Right. You know, like, there's just for so sure. many little things that I just absolutely adore. Like, the fact that, you know, you know, it's not... You know, I, I think in, in more recent Star Trek, you know, you have the these duels ending with, ah, darn you, you know, right. and then they blow up. Instead, it's, you know, you get the <laughs> Romulan, he's just um, sitting there, and he's like, I think we could have been friends. Yeah, like you know, in another reality,
0: person. we could have been friends, and and he's like, "Let us help you." And he's like, "You can't help us. Like we're creatures of duty. One duty to go." And once again, that creates an incredible amount of canon for um, for the Romulans. They're these really heavy creatures of duty, and 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 to their society, and that is pretty. Lo- I mean, that stays pretty consistent through Star Trek with how the Romulans are. I mean the you know
1: the Federation also does that too like they'll, they'll self-destruct the ship if it's about to be captured.
0: Yeah, I mean there's definitely um you know well that's even like in the Klingons like it's if you're ever captured if you're captured as a Klingon like it's a it's a it's a like it's a thing of disrespect like you should commit suicide rather than be captured. Um you know like that's you shouldn't be captured and then that's that there's a whole there's a whole bunch of stuff that covers that they talk about that next generation. Um, with like, Worf's father, and you know, uh, the Duras family, and all that stuff. when they do the the whole, all the Worf stuff about being captured.
1: Yeah, they they hit, hit they touch on that in Deep Space Nine too. Eventually, yep. During the Dominion War, yep. When we're reintroduced to Martok, yep. Um, who Great is character. one of my favorite Yeah, Martok says, "Ah, oh, yes. If she talks, if he talks about the wedding one
0: more time, like." I love that the guy's got a bad eye. Yeah. Like, so they purposely had him be blind in one eye because the guy had a bad eye anyway. Like, the actor has a bad eye. Like, he's blind in that. He had bad vision in that one eye that he loses anyway. Oh, that's I mean, that's, a, that's a nod to the actual actor's own disability. Oh, I didn't... Yeah, I didn't know that until recently. I saw that in a documentary. Yeah,
1: it doesn't show when he's doing stuff out of out of uh, costume. I,
0: I don't think he's, like, blind. I don't think he's... I think he's legally blind. I think he has some vision, but he has to mainly use whatever eye that works. Um, you know,
1: editor Martok. Editor Mart- Here's yeah. the here's the artwork for t- today's work. <laughs> um.
0: I I just I yeah you know, I think that yeah I can't wait till we get to Deep Space Nine because it's really um it's so much it's such a good such I've been watching um um the Center Chair or something it was called it was a documentary on uh, I think it's on Netflix now and it's 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 narrated by Gates McFadden who plays Doctor Crusher. And it goes through, like, uh, each episode is like a section of, like, the first episode is how Star Trek gets started. I think the second episode's about uh, how Star Trek goes away. I think the third episode's about the animated series. So each episode is about, like, a period of time. I think the fourth episode is about about how um, motion picture gets made. And then they, they only do one episode on Deep Space Nine one episode on Voyager. I wish they would have done more. But um, it's only—it's not even a long series. I think there's only like nine episodes in the whole thing, um, and it's from 2021, so it doesn't have, doesn't talk about most of the newer shows. But um, I'm not even sure it covers Enterprise. But uh, it's definitely there's a lot of cool little things you learn about, and there's not a lot of actors in it. Most of the, the conversations are from people that were behind the scenes, so it's more about Roddenberry fighting with everybody and where were those you know the when they get to the movies and the way like. And even – there's a there's a lot of conversations about, like, why Deep Space Nine, for example, is the – like, how they were able to get away with doing some of the things <laughs> that they did because everybody just kind of got fed up with them. So,
1: um – Yeah, I'll have but, to check that out. Yeah. All right. You have any uh, closing thoughts on Balance of Terror?
0: Uh, again, I think if I was going to tell someone to watch Star Trek
1: – This would definitely be a Top four watch. or five.
0: Like, yeah. you know, I think this episode, City on the Edge of Forever. Oh, yeah. Um – I think if you just want someone to have fun, watch Trouble with Tribbles.
1: Like yeah. the Gorn episode the Gorn is a good there. one. Gorn episode's a good one.
0: Gorn one's kind of hard though because because of the it's such a bad costume. Like, it's just, Captain Kirk. I need throat lozenges. Like you know, like and like they're a big advanced species, but they're wearing like a Tarzan. Like you know oh like loincloth. I, I mean like they don't have uniforms. I mean, I'd rather him just not wear anything. Like, the loincloth is, like, is such a weird, like, does is is he just wear that when he's going into the battle? Like, maybe the rest of the time he's just on natural. Like, I don't know. Like, I, either he should have had pants on or, <laughs> or something. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, the loincloth was, like, just why? And he's just uh-huh. kind of like a knife. He makes the <laughs> knife, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But I do, yeah, but the Gorn's a good episode. Uh, such an iconic location, like everybody, you can go there now because it's literally like there's a parking lot next to where they filmed that episode,
1: you know. Oh, so, okay. <laughs>
0: but now we get into
1: It uh, is it is uh, shore Leave, shore Leave, which I don't believe you have a thing for. Right? We do actually think oh, we, it's on it's
0: on that, it's on the, it's oh, on the cassette tape.
1: All right, we're on the shore. it's
0: it's Star Trek Westworld.
1: All right, so let's this is West, this is
0: that. the Westworld Star Trek. I feel like he's they totally stole this from. James uh, Michael Crittenden, Westworld.
1: We are. Oh, was that written before this? I think. Came I out? think so. Oh. I. I think
0: they ripped off Westworld.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: Like, what happens if Captain Kirk went to Westworld?
1: Yeah. yeah. This
0: or or a corrupt Disneyland.
1: This one was a lot of fun, uh, but it was kind of absolutely everywhere. And, yeah, for sure. Um, we'll see. Uh, there's actually. A, well, I guess I should probably l- read the blurb for first. A white rabbit, Don Juan, and a samurai warrior. Right. These strange sights await Kirk and the crew when they beam down for shore leave on a mysterious planet. And uh, we have a picture of the night that they encounter, which is like really dark, so it's barely visible. And we have Kirk with his uh, ripped shirt that.
0: Yeah. You can remember how his shirt. <laughs> one one gets of ripped. many times that his shirt gets ripped.
1: Um. In this one, you you remember when his shirt gets ripped in this episode, right?
0: It's towards the end it, when he, he's fighting Finnegan.
1: Yeah, he gets flipped over Finnegan. He lands. His shirt's fine. They cut to a close up. His shirt's like in tatters. It just it
0: just it wore it was worn down, and then um, you <laughs> just know
1: disintegrated right. Yeah, then like and there. <laughs> in between the cuts. Um, no, but this. So the the issue with this episode is that basically it was written with like a lot more fantasy. Like, right. like so much more fantasy in the original script. And Roddenberry was like, This this is too much. This is way too much fantasy. We need to get back into the sci-fi a little bit. Oh, okay. He sends it to another writer who is like, Oh, so you wanted more fantasy, gotcha. So he rewrites the script with even more fantasy. So they get to the shooting day and Gene Roddenberry is basically just sitting under a tree while they're filming, writing the script as they're doing it. Oh, so. my Lord.
0: Well, I was—I guess Westworld, the book hadn't come out yet. So oh. Mike Michael Crittenden or whatever his name is, uh, ripped off Star Trek.
1: So um, they, they actually, oh, this uh, was written by Theodore Sturgeon. So that, that would be the guy that, wrote it originally with too much fantasy and then right. had to be rewritten well that's
0: the le- that's the one thing that i learned like through many sources that i've read that Roddenberry's a jerk when it came to like script writing like he was a control freak he would go and he would steal the script and he re-rewrite it and then change it and like anything like he he was really he was just like everybody you know liked working for him to some extent but there's always that thread that like, oh, God, he just, like, he just, like, would he, like, he, like, he, like, even, like, DC Fontana, Dorothy Fontana, who wrote a lot of episodes, like, he would, like, put his name on the episode after he wrote it, helped her, re- after, even though she wrote it, and he, so he could get half the money, and so a lot of it was his ego, like, he was just very difficult to work with at times, they said. Yeah. Um, but he would do this on a regular basis. Um, yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, it, to be fair to him with this episode, like, even, like, in the, the basic, premise of the episode like the episode that we got has a load of fantasy like yes so i don't know what the original script was yeah i don't know how the original
0: script was supposed to end um like in terms of you know like if they decided how they changed the ending um you know it's funny i don't know much about that backstory on this you probably sound like you know a lot more than i do um but basically they beam down to a planet and essentially there's sensors like really bad radio antennas hmm. that just kind of pop up and yeah. <laughs> there's a the guy holding them. That's how they work. And, um, you know, like a bunch of code hangers and they're able to read your thoughts. And from there they have like a, sounds like a replicator, that is able to create something they're able to read from your mind. So if you're thinking of Don Juan, they're able to bring up, uh, you know, Don Juan. And, and they have like a little, they pop them up to the surface. And Don Juan acts like Don Juan. So they were able to program these things almost instantaneously. And they're basically a Disney world for an advanced race who, that we never meet. So we don't know who actually runs this planet. Or, you know, like this is pre Riza uh, and all these, some of the other fun planets that people go to on vacation um but this is a vacation planet
1: yeah yeah like they're like i think uh, kirk goes on to expunge on or expand on them they're like well a, a more advanced mind would need more advanced play or something like right it's kind of a weird justification but uh, um yeah i'll tell you what this is one of those episodes that like left a um like a foundational memory for me because like this, I remember seeing this episode. Is it like, the two
0: girls from the cabaret that? Uh, no. Okay. that was a different foundational memory. It, so. it, it,
1: I wish that was the foundational memory. Right. It was like eight year old me watching McCoy get stabbed in the damn chest. Oh, he, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I was not expecting to watch McCoy just die. Just die. Yeah, like yeah, like like I, I I think I'd seen the movie like maybe a movie at this point like right you know because of you know some family member would show it to me or whatever right and then I'm like watching this episode and I think I'm like at Virginia Beach and like we're just right. kind of hanging out. McCoy gets stabbed in the chest. And I'm like, wait a minute, he's not supposed to die. This yeah, is like how
0: does how do they kill what? like a regular? You know, you're not used to that um and as opposed to like it seems like kirk dies a lot on star trek but i think mccoy dies a couple times
1: well he definitely dies in (laughs) this
0: well i mean like i guess the thing is like you know was he really dead like i guess like you know it's funny like how they the yada yada that i don't know if it's like almost like a like a almost like it's probably almost something like very like, holodeck safeguards right. where you can't die. Like, they have a way of... I would assume, like, nowadays we would have a lore-type thing that if he gets stabbed in the chest and his heart should stop, that um, do they... Because this is not a real planet. No. Everything on this planet is manufactured. The trees, the rocks, you know, everything is fake. Um, so it's essentially a holodeck. and really essentially is a holodeck, but it's physical... These are physical things, but I guess you could really expand this. That essentially they're all it, that you can't be killed because they have hologram, almost like holograph, holograph, holodeck safeguards, almost. Where, so if you get stabbed in the chest, you didn't really get stabbed in the chest, but you think you got stabbed in the chest, so you react to that.
1: I mean, McCoy's because otherwise, like, how does he
0: get stabbed in the chest and not really die? I mean- and he comes back in a shirt's fight,
1: by the way. I mean, McCoy. I am just going off of what McCoy says. He says, "Oh, yeah, they got some advanced stuff down there. They just fixed it right up." I'm, right. I'm like, uh, "Really?" Right. <laughs> well,
0: so maybe like if yeah. they're as advanced as even next generation, like they it would the, the the technology between 100 years between or whatever it is between like Star Trek and next generation is like like, you know, the the medical advances are huge. So, yeah, you know,
1: they, yeah, I I would say like uh, The dermal regenerator technology in the next generation is very close to what like what these guys says. Yeah, what happened? Also, those things are gross. Like, like did did you see the close up of like the the night when that that was makeup? I think that was a real guy. They poked him like in the face. Oh, and they just did like really bad,
0: over the top, like greasy makeup and stuff. So gross. Yeah, and it's funny because like Ruth looked all right, like you know, and uh, Finnegan looked okay. Um,
1: let's talk about Finnegan real quick let's talk about Yeoman Barrows whoa yeah
0: women of the 60s we're talking Yeoman Barrows was was pretty damn hot I mean I was I remember being a little kid like that's a that's an
1: attractive woman yeah honestly she not not to make this conversation go there but She, to me, is more attractive than Yeoman Rand was. Sure. I would agree with that.
0: She doesn't have a stupid wig, like, weird, like, beehive, like, hat on. She doesn't. Like, that's not Yeoman. That's not, you know, what's her name? Uh, Grace Whitley's real hair. Like, she would have been much prettier if they didn't make her wear that stupid, like, cone head
1: that she had to wear. You know, she didn't have the rug on her head. And it's weird because nobody else
0: had that. Like a her didn't have a fake hairdo. Nobody else, have, none of the other women on the show ever had fake hairdos. I mean, I, I'm assuming that um, Nurse Chapel, that was a wig. I'm pretty sure that blonde thing that she wears is a wig. I don't think that's her natural hair. No, I
1: don't, yeah. Because it
0: looks like a wig. I, I, but Yoman Barrows is not wearing a wig. Like, she's just she's just kind of hot yeah.
1: Yeah, I think they actually kind of reference that in uh, the um, in Deep Space Nine when she's trapped with Odo in the in the um, because if you didn't know Nurse Trapple then becomes um, Deanna Troy's mother right. in TNG and uh, Deep Space Nine and in that episode when she gets stuck in the elevator with Odo she takes off her blonde wig and it's brown I'm hair. wondering
0: if that's a nod to the fact that she had to wear a wig on the original series. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Plus, they also needed a plot mechanism for her to make Odo feel more comfortable with the fact that he puts on a fake facade, but so does she. And I was like, um, Major um, Barrett, or I always pronounce her name wrong, Major Barrett, the the actress who plays, who's Jean oh. Roddenberry's wife, um, you know, um... No, this is a fun episode. Like, clearly they decided they needed a fun episode. Uh, kind of a silly one. I like when Star Trek occasionally lets you have some fun. Yeah. Because and, and it, it, it lines up with the concept of what the episode's about.
1: I, I like how, how Kirk's <laughs> best dream is to get into a fist fight with somebody. Well, like, no, because he's like, or, you know, it, because he's picking
0: you, on... Like, I love the way the dialogue leads to, to those memories. Oh, yeah. Because, remember, yeah, everybody's right. picking on on McCoy because he saw a giant white rabbit and a little girl. And they're like, Oh yeah, sure. You did. And he's like, Oh, you feel a little picked on, you know? (laughs) He's like, yeah. Like, I know I used to get picked on when I was back in the Academy. And he's like, yeah, like, this, this asshole Finnegan, man, upperclassman. So he starts telling a story, and then all of a sudden, here's Finnegan.
1: But he did have a lot of fun,
0: though. <laughs> he did end up having a lot of fun. We also thought of Ruth, too. So, okay. you know, Although, who uh, we never hear about ever again.
1: We never no, hear about Ruth ever no, again. Ruth kind of disappears. Into yeah. I don't know why, Why
0: yeah. you know, it's not Carol Marcus, you know, but who we, oh.
1: you fin- know. Finnegan is a, uh, is a victim of uh, advanced viewing technology i'm afraid because he right. says i'm 20 my boy and he's just got like all these yeah like he's just clearly like, <laughs> like
0: but he's clear. the actor's clearly not as old as william shatner oh no no and i like the fact that he's wearing like the old like uniforms from like the pilot like he's yeah. wearing like i think the same silver shirt that like one of the guys wore in menagerie like i think it was like an older co- so they did like put in like an older thing and um I do love that. I do love that Finnegan's like just doesn't fight fair and, you know, like that Kirk's having fun with that, you know, uh, Finnegan, what's happening to my people? Ah, I don't know. And like, I never, I never answer questions from plebes, Jimmy boy. And he's like, I'm not a plebe. Like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, I, you know, like, you know, um, I'm being exactly what you expect me to be Jimmy boy. And I, when he says that line, Kirk has now confirmed that this is all bullshit. Yeah. This is all bullshit. Um, like, you know, he's already starting to sense it. Like even when Spock beams himself down, you know, like, you know, they already kind of realize there's something going on that this is not, re- th- this is not reality.
1: Oh, you um, know, you Sulu know, who comes and he's like, yeah, there's a samurai chasing me. Yeah. Um, I- I wonder whose idea that was, because, like, um, George Takai really put his heart and soul into the word samurai for that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I'm assuming they decided since he was, you know, a character that was supposed to be Japanese that um, they said, well, let's have him interact with something that from his own, um, you know, memories that for whatever reason that he would see that, I was and he then, thinking
1: about I I don't know why the one guys. I
0: don't the, the one guys were talking about the. You know, we got the we got the footage of a like a, a bomber, like a World War II plane. That that had to have been you know, archival footage. Yeah, like that's definitely archival footage. Um, um,
1: and then the tiger, which got uh, the tiger. Fun fact: William Shatner wanted to wrestle <laughs> And, um, cool. It's got a
0: necklace on, so it clearly <laughs> it was a train tiger.
1: Yeah, cooler heads told him that uh, you know, well, maybe it's not a good idea to wrestle the tiger, you know. Um, maybe maybe we don't do that.
0: Oh, That's tiger, I want, I always want to like look up the Aiden B credit on the tiger. Is that the same tiger from like other tiger things? Like, is this how many tigers in Hollywood did they have that yeah. were acting? Like, there had to be only, There had to be a limited number of tigers. They had an out elephant there.
1: on set that never got used. Oh, they never used the elephant yeah, on set. I
0: never knew there was an elephant on that set. Well, huh? let me tell
1: you, uh, that that producer was not happy about that. That they didn't use the elephant. Yes, it, that's expensive.
0: Well, it's weird because, like, um, you know, it's it's clearly just the Hollywood backlot oh, yeah. where they are. Um, you know that that's all just prop, not backlot. Excuse me. That's like.
1: It's like a- the field or something like that's that's all
0: areas that they used for production before um i think the lake i think when you see the lake i think that's the same lake from gilligan Island. somebody told me once i think like i think that some of that is um I, I i looked it up a long time ago and i forgot to, to look it up again but like those are areas that they film in pretty regularly um in hollywood uh in los angeles area it's like maybe 10 minutes from paramount studios And obviously, like, that area where they're running around that's rocky is that same area where they filmed the, the Gorn episode. It's that same, you know, kind of... If you've never been to California, like, the Anaheim area, it's funny. If you drive... Like, I've driven from Las Vegas to California, and you go through, and you're like, desert, 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 Anaheim. It's like, literally, you come over a hill, and all of a sudden, there's houses and lush green stuff. It's mostly desert, so it doesn't take... If you're in Anaheim, like Los Angeles area, and you want to get to the desert, it is not. It is not far. Like you don't go too far away from the coast to get to like you know um, state parks and stuff that have that all that different greenery and and are you know rock and everything.
1: Yeah, that's part of what makes uh, California such a good place to film in. Is just right. like there's so much different variety and terrain in such a close area. Like you got the redwood forests where. Right. You know the the speeder chase was filmed in S- Star Wars, and I right. imagine Star Trek eventually did something with that.
0: Well, like even like if you think about, um, uh, I'm trying to think of like, um, like Mash. Mash was filmed in Los Angeles. Like it's like the mash sets are just in that same area. That same area that that um, they own. Like Paramount owns um, owns those areas out there. I don't know if they still do, but like even where they film Dues of Hazard, like that's all that's all that same area. Like that's all those same areas, that land that they have access to, that they use for filming. There's not a lot of private property on those because it'd be, it'd be impossible to, if you didn't have access to land like that, how would you how would you film a TV show that has 22 episodes if you had it rented every single time? So I think a lot of that property is just land that they, I don't know if they still own that land, but they definitely own that land back in the 60s and the 70s,
1: you know? If anything, they probably own more these oh, yeah. days. So, I mean,
0: yeah, it's a fun. What episode. else do you like about? I mean, I, there's a lot of fun stuff in this episode. I like, I like, there's a lot of camaraderie between the characters. A little bit like when they're kind of off the, you know, when they're kind of like off duty, so to speak. McCoy making the moves on, you know, yeah. Barrows. Yeah, that was
1: Interesting. Um, you
0: got the two. Uh, you got the other couple that's down yeah. there.
1: Who, who, one of them being the, the, the the crewman that was Oh, that's the married. same girl, yeah. isn't it? it Man,
0: she did not take long. No. She's hooking up with with uh, Gomez or Lopez or whatever that other guy
1: is. I think it was Gomez. I think it's
0: whatever that guy's name is that that's, that's telling her about like what it's like to be shot by a World War II plane.
1: Why was he thinking of that? I don't remember. <laughs> I have to
0: go back and watch exactly what the context was. Like a scraping run. What's that? Like yeah. like what we're going about to experience right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a i like the
0: don juan guy like i like you know the don juan guy's just like yeah I'd, he's got the sword and like sulu's trying to figure out how to grab a sword from him and you know like you know
1: yeah i don't i don't know what that that must be an older reference well more it, it must have been more culturally relevant back then well there were
0: movies i think the movie don juan had probably come out probably in the 60s um, there was a big Don Juan movie that came out around that time frame, probably like late fifties, early sixties. Um, and, um, you know, and obviously he was quite the, you know, ladies man, so to speak, cause that's the conversation that, that, one that up, they're one having, up. that they're having, like, all you need is a Don Juan, you know, the type of thing, you know, it's kind of funny. Like it's, it's funny when we think about like, um, those types of references things that were more in the public consciousness like like we talked about with um, where no man has gone before like you know ESP like n- nobody yeah. talks about ESP anymore like it's not one of those things that whatever that time frame people more more jokes there were more it was more something that was more in the public uh, conscience the consciousness than. Yeah. This is a good episode. It's not a great episode, yeah. but it's a fun episode. Nothing wrong with it. I have watched. I would be, obviously i i invested in the thirteen dollars to buy the VHS tape. I liked the episode enough. Yeah,
1: yeah the guy. I like
0: the music, the fight scene music in this one. Oh yeah, they they you know
1: they composed music for this like yeah that that, uh, that fight scene from uh, right where you know we get that irish kind of right yeah definitely music. yeah definitely they, that was composed yeah. for this episode yeah yeah i doubt we ever see it again though <laughs> uh
0: i think they use it again I, i'm sure the music gets used again most of this music gets reused um but there's some episodes like the music when they're first streamed down to the planet like they don't use a lot of that music again I do like when the, the, when the alien guy shows up at the end and he's just and like, like yeah, hey, this, everybody. Yeah, this is just a...
1: Uh, you know, Captain
0: Kirk, uh, Mr. Spock, Yelman Barrows. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, this like... park. Yeah, I don't think you guys are quite ready for this place. Yeah. But, you know, and it's kind of cool. Like, and they do have a really... And they, I, then there's that terrible scene at the end of the episode where they all been back to the bridge and Kirk's, Spock's on the bridge and he's like, did you guys have a good time? And we did, Mr. Spock, we did. Most illogical, and then they all just start the fake laugh, yeah. ha ha ha
1: ha. ha. Spock, they're all know. laughing fake. I, I I just kept looking at Spock like the entire time, like he was standing next to the one guy, yeah, who was who was like expositioning as to what this place was, right? Because Spock's just got his hands on his hips and he's right. just like <laughs> making faces, like right.
0: oh. he's like this is this everything about this p- planet is stupid because we're Vulcans and we okay. just,
1: just we just meditate. And that that was you know? that was a weird like little thing that he did with that one like he just touches you yeah, like, All due like, respects
0: yeah. to the young lady, yeah. <laughs> so I've what? already had enough shore leave. You like as know. I could t- care. Well, when
1: do you do that, Spock? <laughs> what was that?
0: <laughs> he was think- very nervous about the android, um, fake yeah, creatures' uh, feelings.
1: Yeah, Spock was. Uh, <laughs> Spock was getting into it a little bit too much.
0: Like you know, like. There is some funny stuff there. Like, he's like, you know, I was thinking of these two girls I met in a cafe, and he's like,
1: he's like, he's like, cabaret.
0: He's like, she's like, uh, and who, oh, he's like, well, I am on shore leave. And he's like, oh, I have chance at the real lady versus the robot ladies. So he decided to... Um,
1: yeah, she you know. got over that pretty quick. I like, like that the one
0: goes right for Spock. I think that's pretty <laughs> funny. That that was probably one of those decisions that they made kind of last minute to kind of just have her like... It'd be funny if one of them didn't go to the regular guy that one of them decided to go make a move on the, on the <laughs> guy with the pointy ears. So it's a fun episode, and there's and I think that's good to, to have you know some fun episodes. And I, like in a, in a in a streaming and world, this episode would never get made. Like you know when you know where we have six to twelve episodes of a show, we don't get these one-off episodes that don't really have any purpose. Although on the animated series, they go back to this planet.
1: Uh, that must be. I, I I heard about the script, but I didn't think it ever got made. Like the, uh, it was. Part Shore Leaf Two, I think, yeah. was the name of the script.
0: Maybe they. I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they didn't actually. Um, I'm pretty sure there's an episode of
1: of animated series where they
0: go back to this planet. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I there I definitely there's some there's a definitely some like repeats on the animated series where we see like Cyrano Jones again because we get the triples again. We see um, we see <laughs> well the triples are different. The triples just get bigger. They don't get more triples. They
1: just get bigger. They get really fat. In the animated series? In the animated
0: series, the triples just get
1: bigger and bigger and bigger. I I thought you meant just in Star Trek in general. Yeah.
0: Well, we we only see triples a couple more. We see triples, obviously, like in Deep Space Nine, and I think
1: that's just... Episode but that's that's going to be a fun. One. I wonder if we should fun. cover both of those episodes at the same time. We probably would should kind of do like the like j- jump from trouble with tribbles. Just talk about troubles,
0: tribbles, and then go right into tri- trials, trials and, and tribulations. tribulations. And again, why why it's so good? Like when you think about the production quality of how they did that pre CGI, yeah. they did that without a lot of the CGI that we take for granted nowadays. They had a like. They had to build things. They just couldn't green screen the shit out of it and put it in the volume. They had to build sets. They had to really go out of their way. They had to know what color gray was used to paint the wall. Like they had to literally do their research. And and I and that, yeah, I definitely think when we get to troubles with tribbles, we'll do we'll just we'll jump out of order and we'll just do a <laughs> deep space nine uh, uh, episode. Uh,
1: so I mean the so we get an entire fight scene and. There, well, first of all, we, you know, once again, another victim of superior viewing technology. Uh, clearly not Captain Kirk um, fighting him in some of the scenes. But we have this whole fight scene. It's a very good fight scene, by the way. Like, very well choreographed.
0: That episode is very difficult to tell which scenes are not... Which ones aren't William Shatner. Yeah, Clearly, rolling down the hill is not William Shatner. But... Most of that, I think Shatner did a lot more of his oh, own yeah, fights did, in this one. He did one. a lot of it,
1: yeah. Like, there's there's one scene where where his stunt double, like, stands up and just, like, is mugging right. the camera, basically. And right. Like, okay, that's not William Shatner. Right. But, like, unfortunately, we don't get a true double fist punch in that fight, in that entire fight no. scene. no. But we do get something close. Kirk kind of, kind of goes like, mm, yeah, on his kidneys. He when doesn't. He
0: does kind of a double fist punch yeah. to the lower kidneys to the back. Yeah. So I def- I think we'll have to, we'll, we'll count that as a yeah. double fist. I'm gonna punch. I'm going to count it. Like we're going to count it.
1: He, he's kind of, he's got him like this, and he goes like, he goes like, he goes like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, what? I think I'll give it to him. It's like, like,
0: like that's like with boxing, you're not supposed to hit there. And to, you know, yeah. so it's kind of like under the. You know, I do like the ending where he kind of just like, you know, he just kind of knocks him out. And he's laughing as he does it. Oh, yeah. he's like, he's like, he's having a blast by the end. He's like, he's like, I'm being, because he gets up. That's right after when he says, like, you know, I'm being expecting what you be, Jimmy boy. And he's like, kind of makes up for things, doesn't it, Jimmy boy? And he's like, a lot of things. And then he gets up and he just knocks him out. And, and then Spock's like, did you enjoy it? He's like, I did enjoy it. After all these years, I did enjoy it. And he's like. And then, and it really clicks at that point that everything that they're experiencing, for the most part, unless they do something in like ridiculous, like stand up on a roller coaster. Like you can have fun on the roller coaster, but you have to kind of have, you have to kind of follow the rules on the roller coaster mm-hmm. so you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of what some of the people have to be careful what they're doing. Yeah, so, unfortunately,
1: McCoy, McCoy uh, stood up in the roller coaster. You know, yeah. got his I'm going to stand up off. to this
0: thing and say, like, to the night with a yeah. big pointy stick
1: yeah i'm not sure why, why this amusement park followed through on that
0: <laughs> i'm not sure why they find I, I, I sulu finds a gun for some odd reason
1: yeah he, I you know it. like because
0: he's a collector and so for whatever reason he must have been thinking about his collection and they find like a you know a like a like a stock pistol
1: you Sulu know? just thinks about weapons and Sur, warriors man. all the time like yeah he's just got you he, know. he's really the only person who really has no like like connecting like sinew, he just yeah. There's a samurai. You know? Yeah, it's
0: funny. Like of all the characters, like I guess him and her we never even Uhura. We got like that one episode with the salt monster where she was thinking of the her ideal man and stuff like that. But we don't really get too much with Sulu. Like even Chekhov, we meet one of his ex girlfriends and in, in a future episode. Um, I, I do feel like Sulu doesn't get um, nearly enough kind of backstory. Is most of the other characters? I think everybody else gets backstory. I feel like Sulu never really gets a backstory yeah. episode.
1: Yeah, we get like bits and pieces of him. Like we get, he you know, he's a fencer, he's a botanist, right? Um, obviously he collects weapons, right? Um, he's the
0: ship mathematician.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Like well, Remember originally
0: he's the man. I don't know why that camera keeps keeps going out yeah,
1: of focus. You know, just, just, just yeah, so go to the wide when I have to go. to yep. Um. Yeah, I mean it's it's. It's fun, you know, it's 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 a good... I don't think I would direct people to watch this episode necessarily. Like, if if, if I was to choose episodes from season one, I don't think this would make the cut. Right. You know, if, if you know, say they could only watch three episodes from season one, right. this wouldn't make it. But it's, it's
0: interesting, too, because a lot of these episodes, I feel like, even Balance of Terror, I feel like the way it's shot, I feel like it was probably made earlier in the season than when it aired like Mm -hmm. just some of the the makeup and the lighting had evolved by later episodes and um you know so it's definitely different um and i feel like it makes sense that this episode takes place right after balance of terror because it seems like they're they're in need of shore leave because they just went through a pretty traumatic thing. So they, they, they're going, you know, they're just investigating and they decide to use this planet for short leave just to give everybody a break. And I think this is the first true real episode where they're not on the ship the whole
1: time. No, no. They, they're- and everything else was on a
0: sound stage. This is like they're literally out in like a real environment. I think this is the first episode of Star Trek where they're not on the ship and they're actually on a like real world set as opposed to just like the vo- their version of the volume. Whatever they used to call that soundstage that they used, they used to film everything in.
1: Yeah, it definitely had more of a it, because it was real. It, right. it had more of a real, you know, feel to it. So I just think, like
0: the Neps yeah. episode, we're not going to talk about today, Galileo yeah. Seven. But, that's clearly filmed on a planet, you know, because yeah. clearly that where the where the Galileo landed with all those rocks all right around it mm-hmm. um, is clearly a real world environment and not a soundstage.
1: Yeah, I think I went to a place like that in, like, downtown Buffalo once, you know. (laughs) We're just, like...
0: Yeah, so I'm definitely... um, Yeah, no, I think this was a lot of cool... I mean, like you said, like, this is a fun episode. I think this is one of those episodes you would have to be more of a fan of the show and kind of want to see and learn a little bit more about your characters. And that's why, again, back then when they used to do 20 six episodes a season or whatever 25 or whatever 24 or whatever it was um that you could have an episode where you had a little bit more fun where like i said i think that's some of the things that we've lost in kind of the modern day storytelling that you know some of the best episodes of star trek might not have been told like like real quick to wrap this up i guess in my mind jumped d space nine the ascent the episode where quark and odo have to get to the top of a mountain
1: uh, yeah yeah that was just a one off.
0: One of my favorites. I would put that episode in my like top 10, 15 deep Space nine episodes. That episode doesn't get made today. We're not gonna do a story about two characters stuck on a mountain just to build to give our two actors who we think are really good at their characters and have a deep lore between them one episode to kind of work it all out. And 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 that episode wouldn't get made nowadays with streaming television where you only get twelve episodes. Um now we don't got time for that because every episode, even in an episodic, you know, like, you know, Deep Space Nine was moving away from episodic. But they still found time to work in these types of episodes. And I think that I love the Ascent. I think that the Everything about that, I, 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 if if I was home today and that episode was on TV, I'd sit and I'd watch it for an hour and I'd watch, you know, Odo and, you know, you know, Renee Obonobinos and Armin Sherman have this incredibly funny episode. Uh, and, and, you know, like everything that they do to get to that last scene when they're back in the sick bay. You remember when I told you you hated me and I hated you? I still Maze do, of and then <laughs> they just start laughing. They won't admit it. They won't admit it, and it's like you don't want them to admit it. You don't want them to be friends. You don't want you don't want Quark and Odo to be friends. Yeah. You want them to kind of constantly rib each other. Like even though they do things that they're they're not nearly as big enemies as they are at the beginning of the show. But I mean, like, but then it's it you want to after seven years you want to have fun episodes where the characters grow like that's what we expect we don't want characters to be like a a, like a a a rubber stamp when they're created and they don't evolve like that's the best part about character development
1: to be to be fair to the newer stuff that that episode where uh spock and his pon 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 foo what what are they called uh his girlfriend yeah i guess girlfriend works too um That episode when they switch bodies is great. That, that's that's that is very much a one-off, you know, yeah, we're just going to yeah. have a wacky adventure. Episode. Wacky loved, adventure.
0: It. We, there's cool stuff with that episode. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I think, like, it, it really gets you to see how good that actor is how good uh ethan peck is at playing spock because then he has to play this kind of other version he gets to play a different character gets to play his girlfriend and then she has to be very spockish and then there's the funny moments um no i think that i really like that episode a lot i mean i i I, it's 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 really you know it's freaky friday meets vulcan you know it's a lot of fun like it's and i think that we and, and even that show they only do whatever 12 episodes a season. Doing twelve versus say maybe eight, like what you get on a typical Marvel series or something, you know, even Star Wars stuff, like you're getting, you know, like give me, give me enough that you can have a couple episodes where they're fun, mm-hmm. fun stuff, you know. Yeah. No, they. I think that I think Deep um a Strange New Worlds has found that nice mix of being serial but also being episodic. So cool. All mm-hmm. right. Well, Good job over there um, in the auxiliary command.
1: Yep. We. Uh, you know we made up for it we uh we switched out the the stations you know yeah we're we're doing well so well you have you,
0: you got to be able to run all aspects of the ship
1: you know like yes. You know, you don't want to
0: just be, you don't want to just be like, cause like, like, uh, like Jordy, Jordy started off as a helmsman and then the next week he was the chief engineer. Yeah. Seems like a big of a bit of a jump. Seems like he should have worked in engineering for a couple days before he became the chief engineer. Like imagine you're the other guys in the engineering department on next generation and you're like, wait, Where's the guy that was the chief engineer? Like, because there was a variety of people in the first season of the chief engineer, right? There's a guy, and then there's a woman for a couple episodes. And then all of a sudden, we never see them again. And then we just suddenly, like, Jordy's now the chief engineer. Imagine you're, like, the other guy. Like, you were the assistant department chair. And and all of a sudden, you're like, you know the guy with the the hair clip on his eyes? He's in charge now. (laughs) But he's never even worked in engineering. Yeah, but, you know. Or we could be,
1: like, you know. uh, I I I I happen to think of myself more like Picard when he you know he's like move aside move aside Wesley let me let me take control of this ship here.
0: <laughs> I do like that. I mean that was that's one of the things like definitely when we get to the next generation we can definitely discuss like the change the comparisons of the, the like the the conscious decisions to, to cast a different type of captain. Yeah. You know like that that's not necessarily like I'm going to beam down and beat kick some ass. Like <laughs> Picard never just beams down and kicks some ass too often so. All right,
1: all right. Well, that's probably going to do it. I want to thank y'all for watching this. Uh, not get to yet, Jim. Oh, not we yet. Sorry. Uh, if you have any. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh. next week, we'll be covering. Well, whenever n- we get back, yeah. when we get back, we'll be covering uh, the, uh, the Galileo, Galileo 7. Seven. Shortly, with very brief coverage of the Galileo Seven. Hopefully, we move straight on to. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have
0: a lot to say about Galileo yeah, Seven. It's, uh,
1: They they land on a planet. They fight some giant things. I feel like
0: there are going to be some moments where we're going to have to just kind of like, well, this episode happened, and (laughs) definitely because we go through the coming up. We have Galileo Seven, and then we have the Squire of Gothos, which I'm not super fond of. I don't
1: even remember that episode. That's
0: that's the guy that's got. He's wearing a lot. He's kind of like Liberace. And then we go over to Arena. So I almost feel like we should knock off the Galileo 7 and the Squire of Gothos quickly. As that way we can get into Arena.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably race right through the Squire of Gothos and yeah. the Galileo 7. They're, they're weird episodes. They're just kind of like, they're really out there. I guess this
0: like, oh. is the com- the exact opposite argument that I just previously made about why <laughs> you don't need one-offs. Because <laughs> yeah. cause this is like, oh, shit. We need an episode 14. What are we going to do? Let's have a dude. Yeah, Let's have another onimpotent dude. Just fuck with the crew of the Enterprise. Yeah, and this and it turns out he's Q anyway. Not yeah. the Q, but he's a Q. That's what he seems that's
1: like. That's the
0: theory that he's a yeah. Q. But so. if
1: you have any opinions <laughs> on the Squire of Gothos or the Galileo 7, you can send them to Fish Punch Podcast at Yahoo.com. Or, you know, if you have any opinions for the, the arena, you pew, know, pew, pew, send, them <laughs> send them to Double Fist Punch Podcast at yahoo.com. So I'm Rick. This is I'm Rich. I'm Rich. Yep. And I want to thank you for listening to the Double Fist Punch Podcast, where da, da, I swear da, we'll da, get to it eventually. I can't hit the point feed the back. And do the, yeah. I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And just hit stop recording. There you go.